Welcome to the Mike Litton Experience Podcast. Mike has over 31 years experience in real estate, finance, and investing. He's passionate about being a father, a teacher, a realtor, an investor, and a leader. Everyone has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And now, introducing the host of the Mike Litton Experience, Mike Litton. So what can you expect from the Mike Litton Experience? You can expect stories that will inspire, motivate, advice that will sharpen your focus, and expert information on real estate, finance, and market conditions. Deb C. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the Mike Litton Experience. You know that you're one of my favorite people in the world. Aww. And I'm one of your biggest fans. I'm so happy to have you on the on the show. I'm stoked to be here. So we're gonna, with, as we talked about before we started taping, um, we're gonna talk about your life story. So what we do is we, our belief is everybody has a story, and our passion is to help them tell it. And what we know is people are going to connect with you because of things in your past that have happened that happened to them, right? That were similar, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gonna inspire and motivate them. Okay, and I think I told you, I spend four minutes with you and I'm ready to run through a wall. So I know how motivating you are and how inspiring you are. And so I'm super, super excited to to have you do this and to have your interview on our podcast. I totally appreciate you calling me. So, so, okay, let's talk about where you were born. I was born in Escondido, California. Okay, right down the road. road. We're in Carlsbad. We're taping in Carlsbad, (laughs) full disclosure. Uh, At the original Palomar Hospital. Yeah, that's now been demolished, right? now been demolished. I think they're building condos or something. Something, yeah. Apartment buildings or something. And my son, my oldest son, was also born there. There you go. And I have a cute little story about that. The doctor that was the assistant, like the intern doctor, Mm -hmm. when I was born, when I was born Mm C-section, was the primary doctor for my C-section with my son. Oh, wow. So the same doctor helped deliver me that delivered my son. Oh. Is that kind of cool? That's world ca- life coming full circle. That's awesome. <laughs> I that thought that so was cool. pretty cool. Yeah. So did you grow up in Escondido? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was your favorite thing about growing up in Escondido? Um, hmm. I guess the mall. The okay. mall is close. Okay, so the Westfield Mall, North County Fair, okay. North County Fair. I remember when my dad, because my dad worked for Sears, yeah. and he came home with a West uh, North County Fair hat. I'm like, you went to the fair without us? <laughs> and it, he's like, no, it's the name of the mall. Oh, I'm like, that's so funny. Mall called a fair? We gotta go. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. That, was, that was the big thing. And then as I got older, it was really nice that we were kind of central. I could go downtown, I could go up to Temecula. I could go to the beach, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, I was right in the, in the middle. middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. of everywhere, yeah. Yeah, that felt good. That's really cool. So, but I'm in Vista now. Okay. So much love, Vista. Go, Vista. Um, I I mean, Estonia, I never had any problems with Estonia. There's yeah. nothing wrong with Estonia. But um, Vista is, like, my home. Much cooler. Yeah. Temperature-wise, it's the much cooler. The vibe feels good. I have land out there. Yeah. It's, like, one of the last places you can get land. Yeah with a reasonable price to still be fairly close to the water. And get any ocean breezes, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. You know, we don't get the overcast from the mm-hmm. beach, but we do get the breezes. Yeah. And from my house, you can actually see the ocean and the horizon. Oh, so wow. it's like, 
Man, this stood rocks. That's good. <laughs> so if anybody's looking for some land and this wants to be in North County, that's the spot. This is the place to go. It's my place, yeah. So where did you go to high school in Escondido? I started at Orange Glen. Okay. And then um, my sister was pregnant with my nephew mm -hmm. and had a very difficult pregnancy mm -hmm. to the point she was bedridden very early oh in the pregnancy. And the body, her body kept wanting to have her give birth early. It was too early. Oh my gosh. So I ended up going off of school, going to an independent study and helping her. Yeah. Oh, and but then I got behind. The whole independent thing is like, yeah. I'm motivated to like talk to people, but right. not like sit down and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, so when it was time to go back to regular school, I was behind. Okay. So I went to Valley High School. Okay. Which has gotten some bad rap, I think, from some people. And that's because they never went there. Well, I don't think it's got to be, well, okay, we raised our kids in, in Escondido. Okay. We owned our Keller Williams office for 18 years in Escondido. Uh -huh. So we, I, I know Escondido really well, uh -huh. and I've met a bunch of people that have graduated from Valley High School yeah. that simply would not have graduated from high school if it hadn't been there. Exactly. So it was a real, it was a real leg up for them mm -hmm. because they got behind and they had, you know, just life they had accelerated. Well, life just gets in the yeah. way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know about. I mean, it may have a bad rap with some people, but it certainly doesn't. Yeah, because it was the the continuation school. Like you know, when people couldn't fit in regular school, they went over there. You but do what to you me, do. it was beautiful. I got involved in peer counseling. Mm -hmm. I got to travel. I was the student rep to the board of trustees. Go. I got to do a lot of really fun things. Yeah. And I got straight A's, and I was a valedictorian of my year, which yeah. probably wouldn't have happened at Orange Glen because those valedictorians are like really next level, yeah. you know. I never, I wasn't into school that much. <laughs> well, I don't blame you. I, I got good grades on on just doing just enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. I wasn't either. So you graduate Valley High School. Yeah. So here's a question that we ask everybody. Okay. Including the favorite thing, right? So. Who was the most influential person to you growing up? My mom. Yeah. My mom was my best friend. She passed away in 2020 oh, at the beginning of the COVID lockdown. I miss her dearly. She she kept me going through a lot. I'm, I have bipolar. Okay. I'm bipolar, mental health stuff. And growing up, it was really hard because they don't like to diagnose bipolar as yeah. kids. I got very suicidal at like 10, oh. at 12. Oh I mean, it was really rough. Yeah. And my dad was not kind to me either, so that was just another whole element. Right. But my mom really jumped in and took care of me. And as I became an adult, we were absolutely best friends. Like, oh. I cannot, I have a best friend growing up, mm. but my age, but my mother was something really special. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. When she was dying and put on hospice, it took 12 days from the day she was put on hospice in the hospital. They let her stay because her pain was so out of control. And it took 12 days. I didn't leave the hospital because they were locking it down. Right. Not allowing visitors. In or out. In or out. Yeah. So, well, they wanted us all out. Right. But the nurses kind of hid me up there. We were in the last room of the mm. hall. Nurses just said, we're not going to tell anybody. They helped me stay there. So my mom didn't have to die alone. She died holding my hand and me kissing her cheek. Took her last breath. And I'm so grateful that I got to be there. Yeah. That is just so special. I've been there for several of my family members taking their last breath. And that may sound morbid. It's really not. It's to me, it's not. It's more 
like they they had a peaceful change and i was there to support them through yeah. that and that well, felt really good with somebody they loved with somebody they loved that's a big deal yeah yeah too many people died alone during COVID. it breaks my heart i know yeah. several personally yeah it really that was one of the biggest tragedies that yeah. and, and how so many families were separated mm -hmm. you know so many people couldn't get to their loved ones because Just of the lonely. lockdowns and all that yeah. kind of thing and you know they were in they were in care facilities and all that kind of thing mm -hmm. and the care facilities locked their doors they wouldn't let anybody in or out and mm -hmm. they didn't know you know they didn't know i mean it just it just was it, it was really bad i truly believe god directed things because my mom was in a care facility yeah. and the doctor called me one day and he says we we finally found out what the growth is in her hip it's cancer oh, so i want to bring her back to the hospital and do more tests so by the time she had gotten there the cancer had eaten her whole is it the femur at the top yeah, bone? Yeah. yeah. Cancer had eaten her entire femur. It didn't exist in her body anymore. Oh she had a kneecap down and a, a, a replacement ball, ball and joint in her hip, but the bone was gone. Oh my gosh. So that was obvious that it was just, it was beyond. And it had spread to her brain and everything. She couldn't, she couldn't get her words out. She stopped recognizing us. It was tough. But that day I said, well, let's get her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. The next day they locked down the nursing facility. Wow. So I may have not been able to see my right. mom at all and she right. would have died in that nursing facility. Yeah, if it had been a day later, you might not have. Literally a day. Wow. It was like, thank you God that that worked out that way. Wow. Cause I got to be with her, yeah. you know? I, I went a little cuckoo, staying in one room for 12 days. I kind of lost it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> I was making all these weird memes yeah. and the jib jabs and, and the stress of everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean that that would that would really weigh on you. Yeah, but it, I'm really glad I got to be there. Mine too. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you graduate Orange Glen High, or pardon me, Valley High. Valley. Mm -hmm. You gra you graduate Valley High, and what? Where do you go then? Well, I started at Palomar College. Okay, that's my plan went. was to be a paralegal. Okay, and I got into that class and went. Ugh, yeah. This is not for me. I like people too much. <laughs> Books and computers in a dark room? No. I like people too much. <laughs> so it wasn't. It didn't work for me. So I, I actually dropped out of college, yeah. and went to work, mm -hmm. and found Cox Communications. Okay. I, I was on their sales team. Started in customer service. I transitioned to their sales team. I actually helped them teach the first San Diego sales team because I started in Orange County. Yeah. And um, so then I found sales mm -hmm. and that's like, that's where I'm supposed to be. That's right. It's like, I can't imagine, I cannot imagine working for a salary ever again. Yeah. I cannot imagine not being in some form of sales because the relationships with people mm -hmm. are so vital. They're so important to me. Yeah. 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 You're a natural. You're an absolute natural. I've seen you in action. Is who I am? <laughs> you, you've sold me on so many things. I just love it. I absolutely love it. I'm very persuasive. Yeah, aren't I? you are actually. You're very persuasive. So, so you, so Cox Communications, and how long are you with them? Um, three or four years. No, I don't know, two or three years. Then I got okay. carpal tunnel from being on the computer no. all day. Oh no! So I had to pivot. I didn't want to have surgery. Yeah. And so I did some physical therapy and it corrected it as long as, because I got off the computer. Yeah, because you weren't abusing yeah. it as much. Right. Yeah. So a friend of mine owned a hearing aid clinic mm -hmm. and he, um, his technical title is hearing aid dispenser. Okay. So it's not an audiologist, but it's a dispenser of hearing aids that works underneath audiologists. Yeah. 
And so he said, come work for me. I'll help you get your license. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you work on commission or whatever once you get up going. Right. So I did. And then um, about six months later, after I got my license, mm -hmm. I decided to get married. And my husband wanted to live down in Chula Vista, and the office was in Escondido. Oh, my gosh. So that was tough. So what I did is I... I went to work for Sonus, mm -hmm. which is a big hearing aid company, and mm -hmm. I ran their Coronado office for quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then my old friend that trained me decided he wanted to retire. My friends, most of my friends are older, to be honest, so he was at retirement age, and I consider him a good friend. Right. He wanted to retire, so he says, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll sell you the business for such and such. You can make me payments on it yeah. as money comes in, and pay it off by this certain time, and it's yours. So I did that. So for a year and a half, I owned the business. Mm -hmm. I paid him off, the whole thing. But then I got super sick. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you knew this about me. I I got super sick many years ago mm -hmm. and was bedridden for six years. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, so six years I was bedridden. Like, either on a recliner chair. I literally didn't have the strength to sit up. Like, I'm sitting up straight now. Mm -hmm. I couldn't eat at a table. I'd have to do this. I, I just was too exhausted. Like the table had to hold you up. table had to hold me up. Yeah, I was just too tired. So when I had to go off work, they brought somebody in to cover my... I had two clinics at the time. Yeah. And they brought somebody in to cover my clinics. And then I just said, hey, can, do you guys want to buy it from me? Yeah. So I quadrupled the value of the company in a year and a half. Wow. So I was able to not only pay off my friend that sold it to me, but I was able to get a lot of living money for quite some time. Oh, that's awesome. And they paid it in like uh, a lump sum and then dividend, so I had it, it lasted a while. Yeah, that does not surprise me, by the way, knowing you as well. <laughs> but you quadrupled. I'm always a little bit of an overachiever. Oh, yeah, just a little. Just a little bit. Just, just a scotch. <laughs> and, um. So what we, what we love about you, just so you Thank know, right? you. I love that. Um, so, yeah, so I was better for a while. Ended up on disability for a little bit. It took like five years to get disability because I was so young. I was in my 30s. That had to have been difficult for somebody was, like you to be bedridden for six oh, years. Oh, it was, it was mind-boggling. It drove me bonkers. It had to have driven you bonkers. Yeah, because my mind doesn't stop. Yeah. I'm one of those well, minds you, that's you always... Have energy, you have energy to spare. Like you're just constantly moving and grooving and making things happen. You would and, think so. Well, but but I, I mean, that's... I mean, that is... That's to me, that's you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And to be that ball of energy and then and then wow, that's gotta be Well, I, I have balls of energy, but they're in increments now. Okay. I I do have is that, my is that because of what happened? The illness. Yeah. I've I've figured out a lot of it. what happened is my bipolar medications were exacerbating the fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Oh my gosh. And so it took so long to figure that out. Yeah. I finally found a doctor that literally saved my life. He took me off my medicine, put me in the hospital, and we figured it out one medicine at a time. So now I have like a mixture of medicines, which is, I hate, I hate having to take so much medicine, but I'm stable now. Yeah. So I can like function, think, that kind of thing. You right. know? And um, it, yeah, it's, it's really hard because my, like sleeping's hard for me because I'm always like plotting and planning and thinking. Yeah, and I know that it doesn't, it, Yeah, it just doesn't stop. I know that feeling. Yeah. But as far as energy goes, to be honest, um, lately I haven't been feeling real good. So I spent like on the computer, laying down, see a client, lay down. That's just kind of my schedule to get through the day. But 
I don't know. I still sell a lot of houses yes, and you do. still do everything I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And do it well, by the way. Thank you. You do it really well. Appreciate it. I totally admire you. You know that. Thanks. So, so, so you, so you, you have this illness for six years mm -hmm. and you get through it mm -hmm. and then what happens? So then, you sell, you sell the, the business, I sold right? The, I sold, sold the, the hearing business, business. Right? Yeah. Well, while I was ill, my mom helped me and we did a, a business called Picking where she would go to um, a garage sale mm -hmm. and send me pictures and ask me how much to pay for things. Okay. And then it would come and then the, my good days, I would work on like oiling up small furniture items mm -hmm. or cleaning. She did a lot of it, but I was more like the consultant on okay. like what we could sell it for. And I did the posting and Craigslist and okay. things. So, you so know, you'd buy things at garage garage sale, sort of, sort of touch them up, get them back to yeah. where they look better. And then sometimes we would buy things on the garage sale on Saturday and have our own garage sale on Sunday. It's wow. the same stuff we just bought, wow. but we cleaned it up and yeah. put it out for double the price. So it was more appealing it. to people. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So we did that. So back then, you know, we were making two to 4,000 a month picking and that was a lot of money for me back then because yeah. I mean, I, I was just out of business entirely. Yeah, really. All the help you can get. Yeah. yeah. So we did well on that. And then what I ended up doing is starting to broker things for people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't really a broker, but I, what I do is like, a friend of mine had a bunch of office furniture, like really expensive office furniture. Okay. So instead of me buying it and taking it and moving it and then selling it, I left it there in his garage mm -hmm. and I would show it in his garage okay. and I would take 35% of the sales price. Mm -hmm. So I never had to put money out. So like a consignment kind of like thing. Like a consignment kind okay. of thing. Yeah. Okay. But it was all online. That's brilliant. And I, yeah. That, I don't know. I don't know. Brilliant, but I thought it was pretty good. That does not surprise me. <laughs> I'm you're very, always thinking. I'm always entrepreneur. You, very entrepreneurial. Really? You're always like your your mind is going all the time. Mm -hmm. I love that. That is it's so like where cool. can I get better? Where yeah. can I do more? Yeah. Yeah. And then um this gentleman said to me gosh, you're really good on the phones and with marketing, maybe you would want to learn how to bird dog deals for investors. He was working for an investment company at the time. And I said, well, sure, teach me. I'll yeah. analyze a deal and call on them and do sure. things like that. So I did. And then he got laid off from that company. Mm -hmm. They laid off a bunch of acquisitions people. And him and I started kind of a, a, a wholesaling business. Mm -hmm. And so with the wholesaling business, the people that I ended up working with are now my business partners. Gotcha. So I started as a wholesaling business. Some things went down with that person I was working with and we just went our separate ways. Mm -hmm. And um, so now all the investors I used to work with uh, to wholesale to mm -hmm. are now I'm partnering with. Right. So we're now, doing. just real quick, for people that don't know what wholesaling is. Oh yeah. Wholesaling is where you go out and you, and you find, you bird dog, you find a property. Mm -hmm. It's usually a property that's under distress of some kind, right? right. It needs work. It's there's a death in the family or something. Something's going on that they need to sell that property. Right. A lot of times, it's not in in condition where you can really list it and show it and that kind of thing. Most times, right. it's not right. Yeah. So I mean, even you know, showing it to the public would be a liability for the broker. It would be, yeah. So then you go in and you and you buy it, you secure it. And then you turn around and sell it to a flipper, for instance, right? Somebody who's going to come in and fix it up and, and resell it, that kind of thing. So the wholesaling part of it is you're buying it and then you're turning around and for lack of a better term, reselling it 
to that to that entity that's going to take it and run with it. Yes, but there's something you need to note is that we weren't selling the property; we were selling our contract. Right. Right. So, so yeah. So, so we have it under contract. Yeah. With the well, seller. I was just I was trying to simplify it a little. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So so you have so you have it under contract for you to buy it. Right. And then what you're doing is you're assigning it to whoever the, whoever the end buyer is. Right. Right. And it could be it could be somebody that's going to own or occupy it. They're just going to fix it up and and buy it and, right. and live there, right? Right. But most of the time it's somebody who's going to buy it, fix it up and resell it for a profit. Right. So they're taking they're buying that that's true. They're buying that contract. I was just trying to simplify yeah. it. Yeah, they buy the contract the basically and pay us a fee for it. Right. Obviously all everything's disclosed. Yeah. Um, we don't really do that anymore so much, but once in a while we will. And I think really every investor does that to some respect. Oh, sure. Because we get, sometimes we get overloaded mm -hmm. and people bring us deals and we're like, gosh, I want to do this, but I don't have the, I, I just don't have the wherewithal to do this many projects. Well, sometimes you get, sometimes you get deals that just don't fit too, right? Like it's not, like, kind of like what you were talking about earlier. You live in Vista and, you know, things in Chula Vista, right? Or some, you know. There, there may be a situation where you don't want to deal with something that far away. Mm -hmm. So then you turn around and find there somebody There are several investors that don't do or, uh, North County. Yeah. So they'll always send me over their North exactly. County deals because they just don't, it's too far for them to travel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or and something that money. may be kind of a development <laughs> play and somebody's got already too many developments on their yeah. plate. So we, we can do that. Um, I'm always go under contract with the assumption that I will do it. Yeah. Always. So if anybody's talking to me and wanting to know what my plan is, it's for me to do it. Yeah. And then if something comes up, that means that I need to assign somebody. Usually I will partner with them, yeah. put myself in a better place to make more money. Absolutely. So that's really not a conflict to me. And I don't believe whatsoever. Um, partnering together is a good thing. Um, well, I don't think wholesaling is conflict. I, I think wholesaling is finding the best, the best suitor mm -hmm. for the best for that situation. Right. Uh -huh. So we're not always, when we come across a property, we're not always the best fit right. in terms of the buyer. Mm -hmm. But there may be XYZ, you know, LLC, right, that, that may be a better fit. Right. And they really want that property because they have, you know, a plan for it that's different or better than what than totally. what ours is. Especially you know? in custom homes. Yeah. It's like so it's, we do different things. Exactly. So I think mm -hmm. I think it's just finding who fits better with that situation. That's it the does. way I look at it anyway. Yeah. So. And the, you know, the real estate world kind of, I think wholesaling gets a negative connotation. There are wholesalers that are pretty cutthroat. Well, there are realtors that are There are realtors that are really cutthroat. And they've earned, they've earned that reputation, yes. right? Yes, So there are bad apples in every yeah. industry. It doesn't yeah. matter what industry But those of us that really are also flipping and know what we're doing and how to handle it. And we have a group of people that we trust. Yeah. That's the key. It is. If I'm going to wholesale something, it needs to go to somebody that I know will perform Absolutely. to what I said I would perform. Exactly. At. Because I always want to honor my word. Somebody so, who has standards. Yes. Well, I don't know that anybody can get to your standards. No. But they, they can try. They can certainly <laughs> they can certainly so, aspire to try to get there. Yeah. No, I know quite a few off the top of my head. People that I trust and yeah. absolutely adore that I know if I send them something, they take it seriously. They don't push me on the back burner. And when they make a commitment, they stand by their commitment. Right. That's really important to me. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're the one that's on the firing line dealing oh, with yeah. someone directly. Yeah, I get the one, the ear that gets yelled yeah, at. You exactly. Know? So yeah. yeah, that's important. Mm -hmm. So so you so you end up getting into bird dogging properties, mm -hmm. and you start wholesaling. 
Okay. Right? Uh-huh. Now, did you wholesale first and then start flipping, or did you start flipping and then start wholesaling? How did that... I wholesaled first. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I wholesaled okay. first. Okay. I didn't know anything about this business whatsoever, other than mm. what I was shown at the time. Right. And then I just realized that I could put myself in a better position. Yeah. And if people come to me and ask me all the time, how do I get into flipping? And my thoughts are, you need a deal, mm -hmm. or you need the money. Mm-hmm. So if you bring me a deal that's a crushing deal, I'll write you in as a, as a for a partnership, okay, um, or a profit share, I should say. Not necessarily our companies become partners, right? But I will give you a profit share. If you bring me money to a deal, I'll give you a profit share, okay, or interest on your money. Okay. So I'm very open. I know several other investors are too to mm -hmm. people working with that type of scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's so. There's so many opportunities out there. Why don't we share with each other and just enjoy what we're doing while we're doing it? Yeah, right? I agree with that. I agree with that. And, you know, you've always been very, very generous in terms of sharing with me <laughs> and with other people in our industry. I know that from, from your reputation and from what you do every day. I've experienced it. So, that's, so if somebody was brand new mm -hmm. and they were wanting to get into bird dogging properties for and when we talk when we say bird dog let's back up when we say bird dogging properties we're talking about going out and finding them right right we're going talking about going out and locating a property that let's be honest needs work mm -hmm. right needs mm -hmm. some love mm -hmm. um and they go out and they find that property but they don't have the work they don't have the experience they don't have the credit they don't have the money they don't have the wherewithal to do it mm -hmm. they don't quite know what to do if they if they reach out to you you're, what you're saying is you'll actually take it over, right? And you'll cut them in on, on a portion of the profit. Right. So they can make money on the deal, even though they don't have any experience, they don't have any money, they right. don't have any credit. And then so I let them watch the process. Yeah, so they, they can learn from process. it. So they yeah. can learn from it. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great opportunity. Why not, right? Why didn't I meet you before? <laughs> Come on. So to start, this is my advice. If somebody wants to start this process, yeah. I'm open to showing people how to analyze properties, but I can't do it for everybody. Right. So my recommendation is keep an eye on a couple people. Mm -hmm. There's like Brian Daly mm -hmm. does classes on how to analyze a property. Yeah. I know uh, Sarah Dedman and Bethany, I believe they do trainings yeah, on how to advertise do. properties. They do. Um, and um, Andrew Greer has those meetups, yeah. real estate cheat codes. That's all development stuff. And mm -hmm. that's really important stuff to get into. So. There are people around that are phenomenal mm -hmm. that teach in groups. Yeah. So plug into those things. Yeah, like, and actually daily will give you an, an analysis software. He'll give you an actual yeah. sheet that you can use and you can you can Analyze. replicate and you can manipulate and all that kind of thing. He does. So he, does. he has a he has a really pretty cool system. I can, I know that because Daily's a friend of mine. Yes. Full, full disclosure. Yes. And I used to work for him. Um, and <laughs> Very I, good and I've, listed, I've listed property and sold it for him, the whole thing. Yeah. So, so I know that he takes his analysis that he uses in his company mm -hmm. and he makes it available to investors. He does. So if anybody needs an introduction, maybe I'll talk to him about setting up another training. Yeah, more. absolutely. So just reach absolutely. out to me. That'd be a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so somebody's new in the business they can reach out to you and they can it sounds like they can pretty much learn everything they need to learn to get started to get going um yes some of some of the work to find deals for investors is kind of a natural thing for people yeah um so your natural persuasiveness is important but then also your hustle is important mm -hmm. so you got to have hustle because it's a 
it's a dog eat dog business. Yeah. You know, there's you go after one property, there's at least five more people that have already talked to that person. Yeah. Or you know, and then they're going to. Or are going to. Yeah. So it's a it's a tough business. But if you want to get into it and you have the drive to do it, it's absolutely possible. Yeah. My nephew, and most of you know Wes McAnally, he's phenomenal. He's so talented. I gotta drop his name. He's we got we gotta get him on this program. We gotta get he should have been here with me. We got we got He's sick. Him. I didn't want to be anywhere near him. We got interview him. <laughs> he uh started he was in construction with his dad. Oh yeah. And one day he called me and he's like, Deb, or I just need to I need you to be different. Mm -hmm. I can't be on the construction site. My back is killing me. I'm working with my dad, he yells at me all day. Like, I I don't want to be there. Yeah. You know, so I says, okay, so he would come over to my office. He started working from six to two. Mm -hmm. And then at two, we'd be there by 2.30, and then I'd work with him till 9 o'clock at night. Mm. And we did that seven days a week for, like, two months. Wow. And he just got on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And well, he's a great guy. He's so smart and so talented. Well, people love him. You know, he is so How charming. How could you not? He's he, so charming. He's so charming, and he's so much fun to be around. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's one of my favorite people, too. Me, too. I, that's, we got to get him on the program. So. Yeah. Um, so Wes, um, so what I didn't realize Wes was working construction for his dad. Mm -hmm. that's, that's that was his first like real career yeah. type job. And I mean, he, he took what I taught him and then took it a whole nother yeah. level and ran with it. Yeah. And that's the key. If somebody wants to get into real estate or wholesaling or investing, you, there's places to get the information, yeah. but you have to take it and run with it. Yeah, you do. And if you're not willing to do that, then find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. It's this is a business that takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. And that's work ethic is something that you've never been short on ever. Thank you. Um, and he hasn't either. I mean, he's he's amazing. That's why we work together. Yeah. We both have the same work ethic. Yeah. It's yeah. it's cool. And you have high standards too, both of you. It's Thank cool. You. Okay. So so we get up to today. Mm -hmm. So you've now flipped how many houses yourself? Over a hundred. Yeah, easily over a hundred. And by the way, you do an amazing job. Thank you. I know I've told you this before, but I'm telling you on tape now. You do an amazing job. Uh, well, I used to design all the flips myself. Well, you do a great job. And I got... I, you actually picked tile that that my wife dearly loves. Oh, yeah? Okay? Yeah. And... and and I actually should I actually should tell you that I should have a bone to pick with you because <laughs> there's some tile that you've used in your flips that she dearly loves and I'm trying to avoid putting in my house. <laughs> Which but, one is it? but 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 um, we're gonna end up putting it in. <laughs> of course. Right. Because you heard, right? Mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah. So um, so and it's fine. I mean it's I fine. I've I've come around. <laughs> I've, I've acclimated. I guess is the best way to put it. But the but the the homes that you've done, a lot of them are on the cutting edge, and a lot of people don't understand that you pick some things. I think you pick some things ahead of your time, and it for me it took me a little bit of time to acclimate to it. Mm -hmm. But my wife just gravitates like she just mm -hmm. oh we need that we yeah, need that shower. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my shower is my shower. Yeah, my shower is my shower is 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 plain white. Yeah, it's the way I wanted it. No, right? come yeah. on. So we're gonna be exactly, exactly. 
exactly. So you're you're her inspiration, right? Yeah. So well, yeah. I don't design so houses she, anymore. She thoroughly admires you, by the way, and oh. you have really good taste, and um, and and you have taste that appeals to her. That's nice. right, yeah. which is which is kind of cool because mm -hmm. she doesn't necessarily like the way everybody. Yeah. She watches a lot of HGTV. Yeah, and she likes, doesn't like a lot of it, yeah, right? Uh, but she dearly loves the stuff. Oh, that's so, so sweet. Well, I have fan. a designer now because I found that that was very time consuming. Oh yeah, and I can do things that produce more money oh, yeah. than the time it was taking me to do that. So yeah, that's smart. So I have Melanie now, Melanie Harder. Yeah, I know Melanie. Design. She's phenomenal. Love her, love her, love her. Yeah. And um, she's designing a house for my personal house right now. Oh, there you go. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm selling my current I I bought a house two and a half years ago as a fixer. Mm -hmm. I used all hard money to buy it. I got 100% financing. Wow. I Including rehab. Wow. You got to know people for that job. <laughs> Well, you have to have a track record, too. You have to have a track record. You have to know people, so and you have to have a track record. Yeah. <laughs> so I got 100% financing, did the whole remodel, refinanced it out at 80% of the value, wow. and I never had to come in with any money. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. So now I've made the equity that I want yeah. to get out of it Yeah. after being there two and a half years. And then I will, um, so now I'm going to sell it, roll that equity into another one of my flips. Okay. And uh, buy it. So I'm downsizing a little bit, going okay. from a little over an acre to half an acre, a little smaller house. I still have an ADU and everything. Mm -hmm. So um, just calming down and simplifying. I yeah. think I'm getting, because I'm getting older, I'm realizing there's more important things than having all that stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I sit in my living room, it's massive because I took a formal living room and a family room mm -hmm. and took the wall out of the between. And so I have this massive living room. I have like a 12 seater couch. Literally. That's cool. So, but I stay in there the other day. I'm like, look at all this dumb, expensive stuff. Like mm -hmm. that is not like who I am yeah. or who I want to be. I want to be something more simple, so that I can do the wonderful things I I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, like the preaching work, yeah. or like just working with my family. Because my company is a family business. It's my nephew, mm -hmm. my husband, my son, my sister, and me. Well, your son's involved too? My son just, he's a mechanic and he yeah. just quit his job as a mechanic to come work for me. Now. Wow, that's mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, he's, he's 19. My daughter just came to work for me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, blew my mind. That's cool. Blew my How mind. old is she? I'm 23. Okay. I didn't think she'd ever I didn't, do that. I know, I've been asking my son since he was 16. He's like, I don't want to do real yeah. estate. That's One day he just comes said. to me and says, hey, you know, real estate might be okay. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> so he's working on his license yeah. and. He's been cold calling with Danny Barker and doing some things that are, you know, tough. Prospecting yeah. is tough in it real is. estate. So getting his feet wet early on prospecting, I think it's going to be really beneficial. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, everything he learns from you is going to be beneficial. Uh, it's setting up for life. Thank you. So, so I'm hoping you can adopt me. I'm, you know, right. You're adopting. I, I've been, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to approach you about that. <laughs> so, so, so. When you when you originally did your home and you took the wall out and you got the 12-seater couch and all that kind of stuff, wasn't the idea more because your kids are getting older and, and they're gonna bring they're gonna bring girlfriends and boyfriends mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and now you're gonna have family gatherings? Because I know how big family is to you. Well we did it is. Family's very important to me. We did we had a lot of dinner parties, a yeah. lot of gatherings when the yeah. first year, you know, because we have so much space and big open living room and dining, big dining room, yeah. the whole thing. 
my island is nine and a half feet in mm -hmm. my kitchen, so it's like barely open. Yeah. And uh, so we had a lot of dinner parties. So I kind of like dinner partied myself out. Oh, okay. I got you. I, got <laughs> I mean, I'll still have them once in a while, but smaller. Oh, I, got I was having big dinner parties. And I had this one, my favorite dinner party I ever had. We probably had, hmm, actually, I think that one was small. It was like 12. But we had Lauren Lawless, the chef. Okay. She's from Hell's Kitchen. Okay. She's a good friend of mine. She came and cooked for us. I don't know if you've ever had Lauren Lawless's food. I haven't. But I can only imagine. Look, check her out on social media. She I has will. a beer now, a blonde, uh, a light. It's a um, blonde ale. Oh, I like blonde. Her more and she's got blonde like a blonde super beer. superhero. It's the best blonde ale I've ever had. And blonde I am my, my, that's my jam. people are your beer drinker. That's my jam. Oh, you're gonna have to try it. I yeah. have to try it. Yeah, I think it's Lawless Beer Company. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, so anyway, cool. she's doing great things since side point, but I, I just love everything about that woman. She's amazing. That's, cool. mm -hmm. That's really cool. So, so we're up to today. Okay. So what would you like to talk about that's happening right now today? Ooh, well, this morning I was on a team meeting. I am on a team now, really? which people get surprised about. I don't know. I'm it's shocked. strange to me. Um, I love being on a team. One of the reasons I went over to EXP is to mm -hmm. help with Team Sage. Okay. And um, then certain team leaders didn't want to stay there, so it just kind of fizzled out. Yeah. That's okay. But I'm on the John Glutch, Glutch Group oh, okay. San Diego. Yeah, yeah. I know John. Yeah. John's the man. He's super good guy. Super good guy. Yeah. And the team is just phenomenal. I mean, we're just the team of supportive people. You know, I mm -hmm. could just call and say, Hey, I'm not feeling good today. I need somebody to take over this, do this, do that, whatever. And we had a goal setting meeting the other day. And I mean, everybody challenged me. I put up this crazy goal and I, cause I'm, a, I'm one that shoots for the stars always, you know? I so know like that. my goal could be really here 30, but no, I'm going to write down 52 because I, I really want to rock. You. I love that about you. But then they, then they made me break <laughs> it down to like, okay, if you really want to achieve this, mm -hmm. What are you going to do each day to achieve that? So yeah. we set out like a plan. I'm not a huge uh, planner or mm -hmm. systems person. Mm -hmm. So having the team to like challenge me on mm -hmm. that issue is really helpful. Yeah. And, and then just team camaraderie, people to rely on, people to talk to. The other day, 8 o'clock at night, I was losing. I had a listing and I thought I was thinking about getting rid of the listing because mm -hmm. how difficult it was. And I just texted John. I'm like, I know it's late, but... I need you emergency. And he called me five minutes, called me and we figured it all out and everything got handled the way it was the right way to handle it. Yeah. You know, it was really nice to have somebody to lean on. So I absolutely love being on the Glutch team. Yeah. I don't blame you. I yeah. mean, he's kind of, this, this guy oozes wisdom. Yeah. I mean, he's really got it going on. It's crazy. Yeah. If, if anybody <laughs> doesn't know John Glutch, G L U C H, mm -hmm. just look him up because he shares such amazing content. Yeah. I mean, he went from six deals a year when he first started real estate to now he's always well, got a team doing hundreds and hundreds. So, but he started, you know, on the low in the totem pole, worked his way up. Didn't and he, I just didn't admire he have that. a team in Vegas? He has a team in Vegas, a team in Arizona, and a team in San Diego. Still, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we had the all team meeting on this morning on Zoom, and there was, there was a bunch of us. Yeah, super good guy. Yeah. So, let me ask you this because you knew I was going to have to ask. So, you had this goal. And they challenged you on the goal. Mm -hmm. So did you change the goal? Uh, oh, change the number? I didn't. 
You did because not. I felt like Good if I you. really worked the steps Good for you. that they want me to work. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm always proud of you, but I'm really <laughs> proud of you now. That's I just awesome. figured if I took what they helped me break down, yeah. then it is attainable yep. for me. Yep. 52 houses a year is totally attainable Absolutely. For me. I totally agree. Uh, so I love the goal, by the way. I fi yeah. I figured I, I could. I mean, I've sold over 50 houses mm -hmm. in a year. Last year was. Yeah. It was just one of those it things. It was for everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this year has, I could see how it's been tough with the interest rates and things like my listings aren't selling as fast, mm -hmm. things like that. But I'm still getting more, still getting listings and yeah. things are still moving and shaking. So yeah. we'll be fine. One of the advantages to a market we're, like we're in now is you have an opportunity because you have more what we call soak time, right? The home is on the market longer. Mm -hmm. you have more opportunity to market that property, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you can generate more leads from it. There are people, believe it or not, in our industry that have been around as long as I have. I got to stop telling people how long <laughs> I started when I was five, just so you know. <laughs> yes. Right? The, the, Department, of Cal Department of Real Estate in California gave out real estate licenses when you were five back then. Yeah. Um, so, right, you barely had to take a test. And, and they did have pencils, just so we're clear. So, um, I've been doing this way too long. So, but here's the deal. You know, in our industry, there are people that have been around as long as I have that actually have been wanting things to slow down so that when they have a listing, they can actually market it. Instead of in 45 minutes, they have seven offers. Right? I can see that because and some of them, you know, a hundred thousand above ask. I mean, come on. I sold a listing earlier this year for $110,000 above ask. I was on the market five days and I had five offers, right? I barely had time to get the word out to the world Just that I had a listing. Pop it on the MLS and it's, and it's done. And we it's lose gone. our skills of marketing. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, it's gone. Mm -hmm. So you just don't have the time, right? right? So here I am after it, marketing my ever loving took us off, right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have time to market it before. So, you know, it's, this is, this is, there are advantages, mm -hmm. believe it or not, there are advantages to a market like this. Yeah. So it's definitely. When I wasn't around in the slow, like 2008, yeah. 2010, you know, those, those times where everything was tough. I wish I hadn't been, but you see all this white hair <laughs> that, came, that came from having a daughter and came from. I died mine. Yeah, so right. too. And, yeah, I need to, man. I need to get Oh, no, no, no. Salt and pepper hair on men is beautiful. I, you mind if I tell you a story about what? my hair? Yes. Tell okay. Me. So years ago, 2007, my grandfather passes away who was the single greatest influence of my life, Aww. period. Mm -hmm. um, he passes away, and I go back to Oklahoma for the funeral, and my mom and dad went with me. <clears throat> I walk into the funeral home, and my cousin says, so what are you going to say? I said, what do you mean, what am I going to say? He said, you're the second speaker today. Oh, good gracious. Yeah. Thanks for the head so up. So I had, I had literally less than five minutes to prepare. Now, I had spent my entire life following my grandfather around, so... You had plenty of stuff to yeah, talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I lacked stuff to talk mm -hmm. about. So I told a couple of stories, right? Mm -hmm. And afterwards, they decide that they're going to get all... Because everybody's now out of the main area. They're now out in the, in the gathering area, right? And they decide that they're going to get all of the grandsons together because they don't think that we'll ever see each other again, which we haven't, right? Got us all together to take a photo of us, okay? So we take the photo, and my oldest, my oldest cousin, David, who's 6'8", great guy, the whole thing, picked on me incessantly as I, when I was a kid. And my grandfather always told me, 
when you get older, you need to give back to him as good or better than what he gave you, okay? So here comes David, Mike, Mike, Mike. The whole place is talking about you. And I said, okay, what are they talking about? He said, well, of all the grandsons, you're the only one that has any hair color. And I said, well, he goes, what's your secret? I said, I'll tell you if you promise not to tell anybody. What, what is it? I said, I have a hairstylist in California who's a magician with Grecian formula. Oh my gosh, you totally can't tell. 15 minutes later, my mother walked up to me and she goes, you should be ashamed of yourself. What? Right? Because he's running around the funeral home telling, telling everybody that I have this hairstylist that's a magician with Grecian oh formula. Oh my gosh. So I get on a plane, come back to, Cal back, like to California. My hairstylist who had been cutting my hair for 25 years, I tell her the story and she goes, well, I am, you know. And I said, what's that? And she goes, a magician. With <laughs> I'm ready whenever you are. Right? Yeah. 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 Nothing like it, man. Nothing oh, like that's it. the best. So, but there are, the, the Great Recession was something that I had a mortgage company and I had a real estate company. I had a real estate company with almost 200 agents in it. Mm -hmm. And I was completely taken caught off guard. I mean, I was, I had no idea this was coming. We had all said to each other for years, this can't keep happening, this can't keep happening, this can't keep happening, and it kept happening, right? We had year over year, 20% appreciation, the whole thing, all this, you know, you know, houses selling in, in, mm -hmm. in minutes, not days. Yeah, I bought a house in 2003, yeah. and it was just like, <laughs> it's nuts, you know? Yeah. And so, and so when it hit, when it actually happened, it really rocked people's worlds, and it certainly rocked mine, Right. So it was one of those things where, you know, I'm glad that I made it through, but I had to give up my mortgage company and I had to work night and day to save my real estate company mm -hmm. to keep from going bankrupt. And I came super close to going bankrupt. I saved it. For you. Right. Okay. I, you know, I have the, I have the scars to show it, but yeah. you know, I learned a lot. Yeah, right. sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes you do lose it, and yeah. sometimes you do file bankruptcy. Yeah. And then you just pick yourself back that's up right. and learn it all, figure it all that's out That's right. And that's one of the things that I learned the mo that was the most poignant mm -hmm. was it's not what happens in your life. Mm -hmm. It's not what life throws at you. Mm -hmm. It's how you recover from it. It's mm -hmm. how you pick yourself back up. I agree. Right? And get back after it that, yeah. you know, people are going to judge you for, so to speak. Right? Yeah. I've never really cared what people thought. I don't either. You know, it's like, I, I just, I have a family to support. I have a business yes. to run. I have, you know, things to get done. So mm -hmm. anyway, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, right? I love that. But it's, I so, so, so now we're at today, okay. right? Mm -hmm. And we, you are a successful investor. You're having a great time on the Glutch team, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Having a great time as a mom. Mm -hmm. Your son just came to work with you. That's got to be a big deal. It's pretty cool. Because we, you know, my kids growing up got to see the not so pretty side of owning a real estate office. Oh, they've seen that. That's why he didn't want to come yeah, quite part of it. Because I ran it out of the house. Yeah. Right? So I they did. heard all that. Mm -hmm. But you know what's interesting is now they're coming back. They're 23 and 25. Now they're coming back to me and going, Dad, we can't believe how much we know about credit. How much we know about finance, how much we know about real estate, how much we know about law, 
-hmm. how much we know about all these things that we learned from osmosis just listening just to by you. being around mm -hmm. you i had no idea they were even listening mm -hmm. but the whole time they were growing up they told me that they didn't want to be in real estate mm -hmm. they wanted to go do something completely yeah, different mine right too. Yeah. now they're starting to gravitate back I went and met with my son a couple of years ago at, at college. He was a, a, a senior at UNL. Uh -huh. I took him out to breakfast at his favorite breakfast place. And I said, if there were no limits, money was not an object, no limits, nothing, what would you do? He said, I'd invest in real estate with you. You could have knocked me over with a feather. Seriously. And I said, really? What, what makes you say it? He goes, dad, you don't know how magnetic you are when you talk about investing in real estate. Aww. He's like, I don't know anybody that wouldn't want to work with you. Right. Isn't that cool? I feel that about you. That knocked me over. That knocked me over. I couldn't believe That's it. That's so cool when it comes from your kids especially. I couldn't it's believe like, it, Dad. I did something right. I couldn't believe it. So a couple of weeks ago, my daughter comes to work with me, the 23-year-old. Uh -huh. And a couple of days ago, I walk into the house and she goes, Dad, I love you. I said, I love you too, boo-boo. <laughs> she said, but what you do for a living is boring. <laughs> That's kind of what my son's saying. Like, no, that's when it's not. It's not boring. It's not boring. It's fun, yes. right? And I'm like, I got a deal this morning. Right? Uh -huh, I'll uh -huh. deal, put it in escrow this morning. <clears throat> and I went, hey, just so you know, right? Yeah. I'm like, this is the exciting stuff. She's like, okay. Okay, yeah. Have a, have a good day. <laughs> she wasn't having it, man. She was not having like, that's this so is great. fun. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. No, not for her. Yeah. Anyway. That's so funny. She's I remember funny. being like when I early on, my kid my youngest is twelve and I remember him being in the car at like eight and having like friends over, you know, and it's I'd grab a phone call and my boys knew silence. Mm -hmm. When mom gets on a phone call, it's mm -hmm. silence. And they had friends that didn't know that. Okay. And so their friends would bah, 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 and my son. Like, just like, chill out, buddies, yeah. or you're never getting to come over again. Right. Like, I wasn't that strict, but it was funny. I just love to see how they grew up with a certain way and how awesome they were oh, wow. about that. You know, a lot of kids don't listen anymore. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> from, your, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> okay, so so we're, back, we're up to today. Okay. Life is good. Pretty good. Life is way better than being bedridden for six years and oh, all the stuff that sure. you've been through. For and, sure. I mean, it builds character, right? But yeah. Let's let's, let's be let's be glad it's in the rearview mirror. Yes, definitely. So, is there anything you'd like to talk about that's happening today? Anything? Anything at all? The floor is yours. Oh my gosh! You should have prepared me for this. Hmm. My family. I just had my twenty third anniversary with my husband. Happy, happy that's good stuff. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Um, I have two grandbabies. Oh, how cool. They're in Nebraska. The last time I knew you had one. Yeah, I have two now. When was the other one? Oh, Ryan and Alice. She's about four months probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. she's young still. Okay, brand new. And okay. I don't even hardly get to see them because they're in Nebraska. I got to get my butt back there. Where in Nebraska? Uh, near Omaha. Okay. Yeah. So Michael spent four and a half years in Lincoln. Oh, going to UNL. The college, yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um so we know we know Nebraska pretty well. Mm -hmm. Did you know there's more head of cattle in Nebraska than there are people? Oh, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Did you know that people care <laughs> people transport donkeys in the back of their trucks? Oh yeah. I totally have a picture. Oh, I should have oh, yeah. brought it. Oh, yeah. I know we were talking about Nebraska. Yeah. I was on the freeway and I look over and there's this Toyota pickup truck, just yeah. a small Toyota pickup yeah. truck that had like a cage built in it mm -hmm. and it had two donkeys in the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> 
Only in Nebraska. Only in Nebraska. They do that in Oklahoma too, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's where I grew up. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I grew up on a farm back there. And so, um, yeah, that happens a lot. Well, I was born in California, so it was a whole different, it was a whole different view that I'm used to seeing. I got you. I got you. So, um, that's cool. Your second grandbaby. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah. What a blessing. Okay. So for today, something that I want to bring up um, that's business related sure. is I recently made a change to EXP. Yeah. And some people have strong feelings about EXP. Mm -hmm. My strong feeling is the group I've been part of has really shared their businesses. Yeah. Mastermind in the sense that I have things like action items mm -hmm. that I can really work on. Mm -hmm. So I really feel my business is better for it. Yeah. And, and it's, that was a big decision for you. You were ooh. you were with your previous company for a long time. Yes, and I loved them. Yeah, and you don't change. And I'm not a big you're not a big, jump around exactly. Person. You don't yeah. do that. And I've been so, married 23 years. Yeah, I don't, when, honestly don't change. Well, when you but when you made that change, that got a lot of people's attention, including mine. Really? And I'm with EXP too. Mm -hmm. So um, I I I Are you got in the fast forward movement. No, but I got into it. I got into it. Um, a little bit different, okay. a little bit different, you know, thing. Um, but I got into it because a very, very good friend of mine, it, one of my best friends is an executive with the company. Oh. And, um, from the time that he went there a couple of years ago, um, he's been talking to me about EXP and I finally made the, the move last year to, to join. And I'm, I'm glad I, it's been a great experience. I have thoroughly enjoyed myself. So, um, and there is, there is a lot to it. Now, it depends upon who you're with. And the fast forward movement, for those that don't know, the fast forward movement is a big deal. Um, it is a big deal in, um, in the EXP because of all the giving that they do. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, in fact, they have a regional rally coming up next Tuesday um, in, down in San Diego mm -hmm. um, that, that is gonna be a big deal. They've got some top producers coming in. Mm -hmm. They always have a ton of content. They mm -hmm. always are looking to help in any way that they possibly can. They it is literally, really cool. like Dan Beer and Kyle Wilson, they literally open up their book of business they, and they say, absolutely do. let me share the whole thing with they're you so we can all be successful together. Yeah, they're completely transparent. And what I think is really cool is the EXP model allows them, encourages them to do that yeah. in a sense. Because the people that are under them if they're more successful, they're more successful. It's true. And it's really, I'm, I'm not, I don't recruit, recruit, recruit. That's not my thing. Right. But I am about sharing my positive experience. Yeah. You know, and so if there's anybody that wants to, to know a non, you know, an opinion that's really non-biased mm -hmm. because I've seen other sides. Well, let's be honest. Companies. You're very, you're a real straight shooter. I, I definitely am. You really are. I just told a client the other day, I, one thing you can always trust in me is I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not always going to be exactly what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the truth. It's, be it's the way it's the way you roll. So you know, if anybody wants the straight scoop on what's going on with PHP, call her. Um, yeah, I don't have know. to be your sponsor. That's not because that's not my primary focus in the yeah. business. But I can connect you to some people that are amazing and Absolutely. get you on the right group. Yeah, downline is really important. It's super important. Super important because you know you need that support structure. Mm -hmm. You need those people around you. I mean, I've been to a bunch of, I worked with Dan for a couple of months, mm -hmm. Dan Beer. Um, and so I was a part of the fast forward movement when mm -hmm. I was with him. Mm -hmm. um, but, and it was, and it was awesome because it, 
it didn't matter what sort of event we went to that they did. Mm -hmm. They just laid it out there, mm -hmm. you know, and Kyle would be a part of it too. Kyle would come in and, and speak as a guest speaker and all that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, they would talk about things that nobody talks about. Mm -hmm. They would talk about the warts in the industry and they mm -hmm. would talk about the rough things in the industry and how yeah, to overcome them. How and, to overcome them. Hey, That's here's the some, here's some headwinds that we're seeing out there ahead of you guys. And here's how we're dealing with it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So real problem solvers, right? And super, super generous with their help and their and their advice and their encouragement and mentorship mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, really, you know who really cool. is like that too is John Glutch. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I'm on his team. He's got um, his little group is called the Abundant Agents. Yeah. That's kind of under the fast forward movement, and he's got this Glutch Club that is just full of amazing content yeah. just anytime you want to know something he's got a video on it he's mm -hmm. got a training on it he's got um what's the word like flyers on it mm -hmm. whatever you need it's there yeah. and it's it doesn't just, matter what material you need he's got he's it, got it. Yeah. and he just shares it with the people and that come in underneath and that's the thing for me that was different about exp was how open they are yeah they're just, so, they're just an absolute open book yeah and that's a cool thing and i know like exp and real are very similar and there's some great friends of mine that have gone to real lately so i don't know anything too much about real to say any opinions but i do know that my experience with exp has been a good one yeah so um i don't have any plans to move anywhere but i know there's great people all over the place yeah. but this model with the rev share and all, it just really encourages those higher up to really share yeah and I just like that model. I think it's, I've always been like a network marketing girl. Mm -hmm. Like I've, I've done lots of network marketing stuff. Nothing's ever like hit real big, but I made a little bit of money out mm -hmm. of things. But I just think that word of mouth and talking to one another and putting people underneath it that you can support yeah. is really pretty cool. Yeah. So I met Glenn Sanford. Oh, yeah. Back when he was a team leader at Keller Williams. Oh, really? I met him at Mega Agent Camp, and, and I've been oh doing this gosh. too long. Oh, so, my gosh. That's so I crazy. Met him, I met him back when, back when he was a team leader mm -hmm. at Bellingham, and we were at Mega Agent Camp in, in Austin, Texas, and we rode in an elevator together. Oh, And I, you know, started a conversation with him and got to know him a little bit, and I always, I thought he was a super straight guy. He's not flamboyant. Like, he's not super talkative or super, like, he's not. He's a he's thinker. A, yeah. He's, mm -hmm. he's very um analytical mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and so what you know what the conversation we had was very technical mm -hmm. right but it was cool we had a good time talking kind of mm -hmm. getting to know each other and stuff and then he ended up it ended up right not long after that meeting after i met him he ended up going to gary keller with the exp model presented it to gary keller and said this is the future of real estate and i think you should implement it mm -hmm. right Offered it to Gary I Keller for free. Offered it to Gary Keller for free. Holy crap. And, and Gary Keller said, that won't work. We're not doing it. And he left, true story, he left Keller Williams and started EXP the next year. Ooh, I wonder how Gary feels about that now. Well, I think he's probably regretting it. <laughs> he might be. Right? He's eight, having an option yeah, to Keller Williams doing that. There are 89,000 agents, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, that's my, you know, I don't know. I don't know if, I don't know if Gary Keller ever has regrets, but, you know, right? <laughs> so he might be rethinking that approach. Though, yeah. Because it literally, what he took to him was, this is the, the future of real, yeah, this yeah. is the future of real estate. 
Well, look, even Reels taking it and running yeah. with it too. Yeah. I mean, it's like I do believe. And there's a, a few other. There's a few other companies there are that are kind of doing the copycat thing, you know. Yeah. But Which nobody's is, nobody's doing what EXP's doing. No. Not exactly. Yeah. So it's I really cool. love it. Yeah. And I just had to throw that out there because I get people ask me all the time, like, what's yeah. your experience with EXP? And then in the beginning, to me, like, the onboarding was tough. But yeah. John has solved that for the people mm -hmm. under our group. He has an onboarding person. Yeah. That onboards you over Zoom gets you all set up because yeah. the onboarding there's and a that's lot. Important. To that's set important. Up. There is. There's a lot. To there's a lot to set up. Yeah. And you don't have a live person to do that, so yeah. we provide that through the upline now. That's awesome. Um. So that's solved. But yeah. like that's something smart, like by the way. I know people people complain about not being able to reach a broker, and I don't know who these people are, what they're doing, because literally I can go into the world and talk to a broker in like five minutes. Mm -hmm. Anytime, you know, pretty much anytime. Well, I've never, I'm, I'm actually a broker, a uh -huh. uh, broker associate, right? Right. And I'm a former owner broker, right? I yeah. owned an office. So you probably don't need to reach out to them very well, much. Well, I can pretty much solve all my problems mm -hmm. myself, but I, every once in a while I need something. Like I need, you know, you know, insurance, you know, evidence of insurance. I need, um, you know, W company, company W9, whatever, right? I need something. Mm -hmm. I will literally email the the California broker uh, uh, at at ahbrealty.com. I will email them, which is it's their designated thing. One of the one of the managing brokers, and I think there's six or seven of them in mm -hmm. California, mm -hmm. will answer me back within a day, mm -hmm. and I'll get whatever it is I need attached to my email. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, for me, it's, it's really way user-friendly. Yeah, we can't pick up the phone and call them very easily. Once you get a cell, well, you once can, you get a cell number, you can't. You can. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if, you, if you work it the way we do, right? Make, make relationships. Well, you just, you just make friendships, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and that's true in any organization. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what it is, right? I mean, it could be a widget sale organization. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, you know, if you... In any XP, there are people that you can call. There are phone numbers you can call. You can find them, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of it's just a matter of being resourceful. Definitely. And you know, from and like I said, for me, I've never had an I've never had a situation where I had like a nine one one situation, right? Mm -hmm. Where I had to have I've never had anything like that. I've always been able to just kind of self self solve yeah. and you know figure I've just it seen out so many and, transactions I usually can figure it out on yeah, my own. But if yeah. you need somebody they, they are there they are and there. available. They are there. And usually I and call they my call you. Usually if I call you, my T C if first. you email yeah exactly. But if you email the if you email <laughs> the broker is almost as good as a broker. If you email the, the California broker at their Yes, you know, their they do email, respond. They'll call you back very quickly. They yeah. really will. Mm -hmm. So um you know I've I've had a really good a really good experience with them. Um I'm a little biased, but I've had a really good experience. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good company. good company. Yeah, I mean that's true for like my real estate attorney. He knows that I don't like blow him up all the time, so right. he, I have a cell number. Yeah. I don't have to call the office. Right. I can just text him or whatever. Mm -hmm. If he's in court, he can get back to me later and yeah. that kind of thing. So it's just all about relationships. Yeah. And when somebody's a very serious professional, like an attorney or something. You don't go calling them for in like non important things right. just all the time. Usually, you can send a text and talk to me when you can free. You're free, that kind of thing. You just don't want to take advantage of being able to get very busy people's phone numbers. Right. That's how I feel about yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. With that. So, that's my story. Awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> what else anything, do I know about me? Is there me? anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap up? Oh, are we almost done? I don't we're, want to be done. We're almost this done. is too fun. We're almost done, but we can, we can go as long as you want. No. I'm, I'm we actually don't have a limit on time. We, we don't, really? No, we, we can go as long as you want. I love that. So... Uh, what else do I want to tell you? I don't know. I just I'm work with some amazing people that I love. I'm super excited about your family and the grandbabies. And yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. My daughter hasn't been very well. I feel so sad for her. It's just, it's tough taking care of a newborn and a toddler at the same time. It's, it's especially tough when you have two of them. Yeah. Two. Toddler and a newborn. Same, two in diaper at the same time. Mm -hmm. Oh. That's what we dealt with. Yeah. That's so when, when we, so our two are 20 months apart. Mm. And when when Madison came, my wife went through postpartum. Oh, for sure. Really rough. Yeah, because how how do you not? Your yeah. body is just so tired. It was just really rough, and you know, I I hung around the house because I wanted to help. I wanted to try and figure out a way to solve it and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And my mother in law, who was about this tall, mm -hmm. I'm not joking, about this tall, and carried a big stick. Walked lightly and carried a big stick. Um, she walked up to me uh -huh. and she went, listen, you have to go to work. We got this. Yeah. Get out. I'm not joking. She yeah. walked right up to me and went, well, probably you got to go to work now. Your anxiousness walking around the house was causing more nervousness. Oh, I energy. guarantee it. I guarantee yeah. it. I guarantee it. Because I was, I was on, the whole time she was pregnant, I was on pins and needles. Mm -hmm. Right. I was on, I was like on eggshells. And then she has, Matt, she had, you know, she had Michael, which was great. Then she had Madison. And when she had Madison, for whatever reason, the postpartum was ten times. Her body was harder. too tired. It was just hard. Out. Yeah. Right. And and it, it also didn't help that we had a both of them were C sections, but the the C section they did on on Miriam, uh, with for Madison was they they gave her an epidural and then they dialed it up to do the C section, and they dialed it up too fast. They dialed it up too fast because the OBGYN was late for a trip. That she was going. I'm not joking. You can't make this up. Oh, I got started. She was late for a trip, mm -hmm. and so and so they sped up the 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 um, the drugs. Numbing, yeah. They sped it sped it up too fast, and so after Madison was delivered, she was she was sick. Like Miriam was sick for two days, just sick, sick, sick. Did she and, had a spinal leak. Well, I know, but it was it was just too much, too fast, uh, right? And it poisoned her system. And oh so, I mean, it was bad. And so, so by the time I actually got her home, she was just worn out. Mm -hmm. Like, she had nothing left, right? It was bad enough she carried a baby for nine months, right? And then had major surgery. And then I get her home and she's just... Done. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it was exhaustion. It was, it was, you know, it was hormones. It was all those things mm -hmm. all wrapped up into one. And so, you know, for me, it was one of those things where I, I couldn't figure out how to solve it, mm -hmm. right? You always want to solve it as a, as a guy. You want mm -hmm. to solve it, right, as, mm -hmm. the, as the husband. And my mother-in-law just got right in the middle of my pattern and said, said I got, got yeah, it. Yeah, I go. got this. Go. Yeah. Get out of here. Well, she knew what go, to do because do, she may have experienced some of the similar yeah, things. go do what you do. She yeah. fought depression her whole life. Yeah. She knew exactly what she was looking at. Yeah. And that was her daughter, right? Right. She's like... You're out of here. So I'm a very difficult pregnant lady because I'm bipolar yeah. and I have to go off medication while I'm pregnant because yeah. I refuse to take medication when I'm pregnant. Some yeah. women do. That's their decision. Right. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. So to be pregnant is really hard. My second, I was very, very sick. Yeah. 
I got very anemic. I had to I had to get pick line put in because my all my veins were messed up from all the iron infusions I was getting and just all kinds. Of, I was so sick. So the doctor told me, "Don't have any more kids after this. Your body can't handle it." But then at the C-section, I got a spinal leak. Mm. And they didn't, I didn't even oh, know what a spinal leak was at that time. Mm -hmm. They didn't diagnose it. I'm sitting up in bed with like ice packs on my head and just trying not to feel good. Finally, I went blind. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see from my eyes. And I could barely talk. The only way I was nursing is my husband was putting the baby on my boob to nurse. Mm -hmm. I literally didn't have the strength to hold the baby. Mm -hmm. And finally, they called another anesthesiologist in for a consult. And he goes, what the heck? Why is she sitting up in bed? So he immediately dropped my bed. And in like two minutes, I was, I could see again. Mm. It was because so much spinal fluid had come out of my head. It was just, it was bonkers. So it had run, so gravity took, took, took all this spinal wow. fluid from around my brain. Wow. Yeah, isn't that scary? That is scary. And then they- The not seeing part was- Oh, it was terrifying. Yeah. I was, I was so scared. But I was like so sick that I almost couldn't even express it to anybody. It was so bad. But they couldn't patch it. They do patches. And mm. they were afraid that if they did a patch, they would make another problem, they said. Mm. So I spent three months with a newborn flat in bed. Mm. And only time I got up was to go to the restroom. And when I did, it was like my head was boom, boom, like the worst pounding you could ever. Like the worst migraine you imagine times like 10. It was so bad. Oh. And so um, I literally cared for a newborn in bed, laying down, I nursed him, I changed his diapers. Fortunately, I had my mom around at the time. She helped a lot, but that was hard. And I remember one night in the middle of the night, I was up nursing the baby. That was when the spinal leak went away. Mm -hmm. I was up nursing the baby, and I, all of a sudden, I couldn't breathe. Mm -hmm. I literally thought I had a blood clot or something. Mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. So I went to get my husband. I'm like breathless, and I, I was just freaking out. He woke up my mom. She kept the baby, and I he took me to the hospital. And I remember laying in the back of the car. Oh, no, I still did have the spinal because I was laying down in the back of the car. So mm -hmm. it must not have been as bad. But anyways, um, we got there. It was a panic attack. I had never had one before. Oh, my gosh. It was a panic attack. Literally thought I was dying. Like, I like couldn't breathe. It was, it was terrifying. Oh. And I walked in the door of the hospital. And they, my husband, boy, he put me in a wheelchair. So I didn't walk in. I wheeled in. But in a few minutes, they realized it wasn't my heart. It wasn't my breathing. I had full oxygen. Mm. It was a panic attack. So what they told me is, is your body just was so drained yeah. from everything you've been through with this yeah. pregnancy that that is our body's natural reaction to say, like, freaking stop. To protect itself. Protect yeah. itself, yeah. So wow. I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, having kids was tough for me, but I have... I have a daughter that's my stepdaughter. Mm -hmm. I got her when she was three, so she's my girl. Mm -hmm. And then I have two boys that I gave birth to, and they're just my kids are the light of my life. Mm -hmm. They they give me the motivation to no matter how bad I feel, because I am still ill. I, I still don't feel well. Mm -hmm. Um, no matter how bad I feel, I get up and crush it. Yeah. Because they deserve nice things, they mm -hmm. deserve their mom to take care of, they deserve an example of somebody who pushes through mm -hmm. and works hard. And so I really believe in in that. Being you're an example. amazing example. Thank you. You're so sweet. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. I guess we talked a long time. People aren't going to watch the whole thing. They're so. going to watch the whole thing. <laughs> One of the things that we have that's interesting is more than 75% of our podcasts uh -huh. have what's called an impactful listen rate. Uh -huh. 
And what that means is if, if people listen to more than 75% of a podcast episode mm -hmm. on average, mm -hmm. that's considered an impactful listen. Mm -hmm. More than 75% of the people that listen to our podcast listen more than 75% of the time. Wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. My kids these, are all excited. Some of these episodes are an hour and a half long. Oh, wow. And for people to listen that all that time. Yeah. Getting some interesting people on here. Cool. Ooh, we're, getting I feel some, privileged. we're getting some amazing stories, <laughs> including yours. I know. I watch, I watch your podcast. So I was watching the one with, um, oh, not Daniel Terriman. It was, um, anyways, can't think of the name. It's terrible. But he's an investor, mm -hmm. and he was on your podcast. So I'm going, and I just thought it was so fascinating to hear about his life and his father and things like that. Yeah. I found that to be very interesting. So, so I enjoyed Daniel it. Daniel Tremello. Dan, that's who it was. Yeah. Daniel Tremello. Yeah. So Daniel has a really interesting story, mm -hmm. and he was a lot of fun. I mean, I barely had to say anything. You noticed? Yeah. He just went. He just went. He just went. Yeah, he just went. He and I are good friends. Yeah, right? yeah. And we sat down, and I'm like, we're gonna have a good time. And he, and by the time we were done, he's like, wow, that was fun. That was fun. And I'm like, I got like four words in the entire <laughs> time. Well, it was a crack up, you know. But it I was know. cool because it was cool. He literally took us through his life and then through and back. It was just neat. There was just That's a ton of content. Cool. In there. Yeah, That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, neat. he's a good guy. He really is. Yeah. So thank you again for thank doing you. This. this is nice. Bye, everybody. I appreciate you. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed another episode of the Mike Litton Experience. If you did. Do us a favor, smash that subscribe button, tell your friends, family, and coworkers about our program, and wherever you get your podcasts, please leave us a rating. It helps us to connect with quality people just like you. And that's a wrap. Another episode of the Mike Litton Experience in the books. Reach out to Mike on Instagram at Litton Realty. Want to meet with Mike? Check out calendly.com slash Rio 760.